0: Last week, you know, what we're doing here on these Tuesday Bible lunches, as we've started this new year in January, I've been sharing something each week that would help us have a better year 2017. And last week, in one of my illustrations about one of the things we can do about hearing God speak, I talked about how Dottie heard Billy Graham long, long, long years ago when he was really a young guy. And he was do, doing a little campfire service at uh, Ridgecrest, that's up in North Carolina, and Dottie was a little girl there, and she heard him tell two things he did. And I mentioned that last Sunday, and I've had more people ask me this question. Here's your mic, if you would, just okay. kind of hold it right up there. <laughs> Said, uh, like, how how little a girl was she when? How old were you when you heard Billy Graham talk? Uh, just oh, up yeah. Here? Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, I was probably about ten.
0: About ten years old, uh-huh. and it was a little campfire service yes, at night. Yes, yes. And Billy Graham, of course, he was not now, so he famous. he lived
1: not too far. He lived in Montreat, so yeah. that was not too yeah. far from Ridgecrest. And he came and uh, was leading the campfire meeting.
0: And what did he suggest? What did he say he did?
1: He said every day, and this is independent of my sermon preparation. He said, but every day I read five psalms and one proverb. He said, five psalms help me to know how to live with God, and one proverb helps me to know how to live with man. And I remember thinking, as just a (laughs) child, really, because I just stood in awe of Billy Graham, and I thought, gee willikers, if he does that just for his personal Bible reading, maybe that's something I need to do. And so, uh, do you want me to tell how I do it? Are you going to ask me a question?
0: Yeah, I remember, I'm going to do a little talk here in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) But, well, first of all, you do the proverb of the day, and this is so appropriate because tomorrow is February the what?
1: First.
0: So... Tomorrow would be a great day to say I'm going to try this for a month. It'd be Proverbs number one, right? And right. then these Psalms, five, of them, with the way you read them. That's how he said he did it. But explain that okay, in a nutshell. Okay, the
1: way that he in a said, nutshell. In an, okay. Oh, gee Economy yes. of words. <laughs> okay, he said like tomorrow is February first. So read uh, Psalms one, add thirty to it, and then read Psalms uh, thirty-one, add thirty, and read Psalm sixty-one. Add 30 and then read Psalms 91 and add 30 and read Psalms 121. Now, that sounds like a lot, but it's not really. And the reason that he suggested not reading, you know, like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, which there is nothing wrong with that, but he said you get into the different parts of the Psalms. And he said it's easy to remember, like, you know, when you start, when you just start with the day of the week, the date, and add 30, 60, 90, uh, What what did I say? Uh, Anyway, until you get to uh, 121. And there are 150 psalms. And so in a month, you get through all the psalms. And you've been in all the different sections of the psalms.
0: Now, I know you've not made it. I mean, there's certainly some days you've missed. But by and large, (coughs) seriously, how many years have you been doing that?
1: Oh, mercy. I'll tell my age. Uh, probably uh, they know your age. <laughs> they know my age because you've told them, but don't tell them my time, weight. Time, yes. I know you do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, good gracious! I would say probably sixty-five years.
0: Sixty-five. Now years?
1: I have not done that every single day. I wish I could say I could have, that well, I would have, but right I didn't. Right. But I always come back to it when I get away from it because it's just embedded in my heart and it just blesses me so much. And you much. know
0: what's so neat? You, you, I mentioned this last week. You taught me that. Help mom down. You taught me that, and then I have been sharing that for all, you know, my gracious. In November, I'll have been a minister 50 years. Uh, I just just say, consider it. Tomorrow's February the 1st, might want to give it a try. If it was good enough for Billy Graham, I tried to get Billy Graham to come today. (laughs) But I settled for you, okay. Thank you, let's give her a hand. She did so good so good and i did so good didn't i john i didn't cut her off or anything really good really good john was over there doing me like this well i'm talking about forgiveness so if i'd have messed up she needs to hear what i'm going to say now we've talked about all these things for about three or four weeks but i thought today you know if we want to really have a better 2017 i mean there are a lot of things we can do but on that list surely <laughs> on your list and mine would be forgiveness. You know, that's a a toughie. And probably there's not a person in this room, not one of us, that does not from time to time struggle with forgiveness, what someone has said about us or what someone has done to us. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but I could almost guarantee all of us, struggle to some degree or another with forgiveness some of you may even now be struggling with forgiveness now I think a good question to ask is I mean is this big is it all this big a deal I mean I mean I know it's the right thing to do to forgive people and you know the Bible but is, is this really all that big a deal quickly let me say this yes it is yes it is in fact God commands us to forgive people the Bible says in the book of Ephesians Uh, We're to forgive one another. But then here comes the hard part of that verse, like God forgave us. I wish that part wasn't in the verse. I mean, we could talk about that the whole time. But so, you know, it's not like God said, hey, you know, it'd be a nice thing if you'd forgive people. No, God, that's a command. That's in Ephesians chapter 4. And that's that little section where you just have one command after another command after another command, and that is on the list. And what that little section of scripture says is if we disobey this command, we will grieve the Holy Spirit. The dove will just flutter away. If you've read that book, uh, Pigeon Religion, I'm telling you, that's a great little book. Uh, the dove just flutters away. And sometimes, you know, when. I, I love that illustration he gave about trying to get up a sermon when he and his wife Louise were, you know, cross with each other. And, uh, you know, that time or two, darling, I have been cross each other. Uh, not, I mean, over these years. Uh, boy, i got to be careful here. Uh, and, but I'll tell you what, when you're cross with your mate, you won't get up much of a sermon. And if you're cross with somebody else, you won't be much good. Well, we'll just let that lie. So, number one, God commands it. Number two, uh, God tells us in the Bible that if we do not forgive other people their trespasses, he will not forgive us our trespasses. That's a sobering verse. And then, you know, one of the most sobering things about, about forgiveness is back in the book of Isaiah. Let me read you this verse. It says, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you, listen to this, so that God will not hear. In other words, if you refuse to forgive people, you won't forgive people, you don't forgive people, God is not going to hear your prayers. You go read the verse yourself, Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2. I mean, you know, I always want to be sure I don't have any any thing that I've not asked God's forgiveness, or if I'm not forgiven of someone else when I pray, just like my prayers just don't even reach the ceiling. So this whole matter of forgiveness. Now, in your Bible, in, in Genesis chapter number 45, is one of the best stories in the Bible, best illustrations in the Bible, about a person forgiving someone. Page 44. Uh, you're in Genesis chapter 45, and you know the story of Joseph. I, I won't repeat the story, but you know how what his brothers did to him and, and all that. Well, this is 22 years later, 22 years after his brothers had sold him uh, thrown him in the pit, and then they decided, well, they'll not kill him. One of the brothers talked him out of that. And so they sold him to these slave traders. You know, and he went over, and he wound up working for Potiphar and wound up in prison and all that. It's just, it just just one bad thing after another. Well, 22 years later, he's like prime minister of Egypt. And uh, and and his brothers have come over because of a famine in the land, but they don't know who he is. And look with me in Genesis chapter 45, verse 1. says, then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out. Here's what he said. Now, he's in a room with a bunch of folks, and his brothers are in the room. And he said, make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. He didn't want all these other people uh, to know the situation. He, He ran them out. And he now tells his brothers, and and look what he said here in verse 2. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians of the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. They didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize him at all. They they didn't have a, a clue this was their brother who they had done all that bad stuff to. He says, does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were, this translation says, dismayed in his presence, literally, that word should be terrified, don't you know? It's a man alive. We're fixing to be in the clunker here, probably headless. I mean, I don't know what all went through their mind, but they were just terrified. Verse four: Joseph said to his brothers, "Please come near to me." So they came near. Then he said, "I am Joseph, your brother. Now watch this: whom you sold in Egypt. That'll be very important to us in just a moment." But now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. Well, I'm going to stop there because of time. It's a very, very interesting chapter. Now, you know, I want to talk about forgiveness today in just a little nutshell. First of all, let's talk about what forgiveness is not. A lot of confusion about what forgiveness is, so what is forgiveness not? Well, forgiveness is not approval of what someone else did. That, that's, that's a, and a great example is Jesus. When, when they brought the woman to Jesus who had been taken in the act of adultery, this wasn't a rumor, I mean, this was, this was true. And they brought that woman to Jesus in John chapter eight, you've read the story. You remember what Jesus did. He, he forgave her, her sin, but then he did what? He didn't, he didn't condemn her, but he told her to go and sin no more. In other words, he didn't approve what she did. Uh, That's not what forgiveness is at all. Let me tell you what else. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Those are two big old long words, forgiveness, reconciliation. See, reconciliation requires two people. Forgiveness just requires one people. Like I can forgive someone, you can forgive someone, but that may not also be that now there's reconciliation. You you know that it takes two. takes the other side in that deal. Forgiveness just takes one person. I can forgive a person whether we're ever reconciled or not. In fact, I know of people I've forgiven in my heart that I don't feel like we ever did reconcile. You know, well, it is what it is. But it helps me to understand my part is the forgiveness part. I can't produce reconciliation. That's over on the other side. Now. forgiveness now here's where many people start forgiveness is not forgetting what someone did or said we have this idea you know if I really forgive them I will I'll just forget it ever happened that's not true you'll never forget it Joseph if you look back in this story he told in verse 4 he said I am Joseph your brother whom you sold in Egypt he never forgot what happened to him he knew they threw him in the pit he knew they sold him to those slave traders. So forgiveness is is not forgetting what other people did. Forgiveness is overlooking what other people did or said. And so I hope maybe those little things help a little bit because, you know, before I ever learned that, I used to just think, now, you know, if I've really forgiven someone, I'm going to forget what they did or what they said. Well, I'm a human being. I have a brain. You're a human being. You have a brain. We're, as humans, you know, we're, we're like elephants. We don't forget. But that, that, I don't have to forget to forgive. Uh, I, I, but what I do need to do is overlook, and that's the whole idea. Well, here's the deal. How do you know if you have forgiven someone? Now, you know, that, I, I like to have some way I can know. Well, you can know you have forgiven someone of what they did or what they said. First of all, if you don't let anybody else know, what they did or what they said. Like when you go about telling people what other people have done to you or said about you, now hear this. Let that just be a little message to yourself that you have not forgiven that person at all. Like in the story we just read a moment ago, Joseph made all the people go out of the room except his brother. He was going to reveal himself. He was, he was about to say, look at it again in verse 4. He was about to say, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, he could have kept all those people in the room and said, guys, listen to this. One day, these, these guys don't realize this. I'm Joseph, their brother. And let me tell you what, 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 he, what they did to me. When he, didn't, he made them leave the room. And so... Uh, he didn't want any of them to know. You know, I've often thought, how would we feel? Let me ask you, how would you feel if God disclosed to everyone what He knows about you? Boy, that'll ruin a lunch, won't it? <laughs> yeah. Oof, man, a lie. Well, so, I wouldn't want God to do that. No, we wouldn't. Well, we need to. We need to follow that example. You know, if you've really forgiven a person, you're not going to say, "Hey," you're not going to believe what so and so said about me. You're not going to believe what so-and-so. And, you know, I don't always make a 100 on that, but I need to make a 100 on that. And so I just share that to you for you to consider. You can know if you've forgiven someone of what they did or said. If, if you allow those people not to feel, maybe I'll use this word, afraid or uncomfortable around you. Now, Joseph, he wanted his brothers to know who he was because why? Well, because, well, I just read a while ago and showed you that verse. They were they were terrified. They were they were dismayed. They just and he didn't want them to be that way at all. He said, "Please come near to me," and he put his arms about them individually, embraced them each one by one. Uh, he he had not forgotten what they did. In fact, he said that I'm Joseph, your brother, who you sold into slavery. Uh, well, no, he hadn't forgotten it, but but he he didn't want them to be uncomfortable. You know if if if, you, if somebody's mad at you or you're mad at somebody or both of you are mad at each other, you're just not uncomfortable around those people. Well, you can't control the other side of that, but you can do whatever you need to do to try to keep that from being that way. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll leave that there and move on. Well, now, one other little thing that will help us and get us to right where we need to go and do something You can know that uh, you've forgiven someone uh, by what they did or what they said uh, if you pray for them. If you pray for them. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 in the Summer of Mount, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And then a great example of that would be old Job. You know, Job prayed for his friends who had been a thorn in his flesh. That's an interesting verse. If I can flip over there to it, uh, it's, it's the very end of the book. Yeah, I can flip to it. I want to read you that verse. Uh, we always talk about the second part of that verse, how Job always ended up with twice what he had. You know, we preachers love to tell that story. You know, he had X number of this. Now he's got double, you know, double for his trouble and all that. But let me, let me read the first part of that verse. It says, and the Lord restored Job's losses. Now listen to this. When he prayed for his friends. You remember those three friends Job had? Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. Just thank God when you count your many blessings, name them one by one that those guys weren't your friend. I mean, you wouldn't want a friend like those guys. They, they spent all their time telling Job why he had these problems he was having. And each one of them was wrong. They were like a thorn. They meant well. But they were a thorn in the flesh. But what did he do? He prayed for them. And then when he prayed for them, God did bless him double for everything that he had been through. Now, you know, I, I wouldn't know this, but I would think that probably all of us have people in our life who have done and said things uh, about us to hurt us or whatever. And we struggle with this kind of a thing. I mean, it's a real thing. You know, I know as a little child, I learned that little thing. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. That's a hoax of a thing for everybody. You know, uh, words can, they, they can do more than hurt, you know. And people can tell a lot, of, a lot of strange things. And here's the deal. Most weeks, not every week, but most weeks, just in my normal life, I see people who have, over these years, um, gotten mad with me about this or that or yonder. And and you say, well, we'll pray for you. Well, I don't want to ruin your lunch, sure enough, but I have news for you. There are probably some folks that feel the same way about you uh, for this or that and yonder, but maybe not many. And I'll tell you where I see most of these people. Well, I see them about... Just, you know, they got mad at me about the relocation, or they got mad at me about this, or what, whatever. I mean, that's just, if you're a leader, uh, you, you just, you, you know, you're just going to have some folks that don't like this, that, and yonder. And that's just part of being a leader. and You, you, don't, you just want to do the right thing, and you don't want that to be. But the bottom line is, you know, you, you just have to forgive people. And, and it's just a lot easier said than done. Could I have an amen to that? I mean, I could just say, hey, folks, just God will help you. It's no big deal. Well, God will help you, and it is a big deal. And we have to have God to help us. But, but here's the deal. I see, I guess in a group, I would see more people that over the years have been mad with me about this, that, whatever, at funerals. Because a lot of times people will die, and some of the folks over the years that's been mad at me about this and that and yonder, whatever it might be, they'll come to the funeral. And I see these people. Now, when I do. I, I remember the, these little things I've talked to you about today. I ask myself, now, you know, to my knowledge, I put my hand on the Bible. To my knowledge, uh, I, I, don't have, I don't have any unforgiveness to anybody I know. I've not forgotten all they did and said, okay? But I don't, I, 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 hope, I hope I'm honest with my own heart. So that's not the issue. But I always check myself, you know. I say, you know, now, there's old so-and-so, and I remember, what, you know, like it, do I ever pray for them? Well, I say, well, I'm, you know, I don't not pray for them. Maybe I just hadn't thought about it, but I, I use this little thing. But, but here's, here's the deal that helps me. When I see people that have, over the years, they've said something, whether it be true or not true, they've done something, you know, whatever, and, and it would cause you— I see it as a spiritual test, like I see them as a test. I think I'm glad I see them here today because it kind of makes me do a little self-examination and just see how I'm doing. And it's not always easy. You know, sometimes, not often is it this bad, but I'll get in a situation and there'll be some folks in that room that back yonder somewhere or whatever, it just been so mad at me, they'd kill me. And, and, uh, on, on, on some occasions, like I've just stuck my hand out to shake hands and they won't even stick their hand out. Well, let me tell you what, that's just a test. I mean, I, that's their problem. That's not my problem, but I just, you know, like whatever's going on inside of me, is a revelation of what is inside of me. And so if I'm uncomfortable, I'm not a bit uncomfortable. I mean, i you know, now, now don't leave today thinking the whole city is mad at me, the whole, the whole city. It's just a, a, some part of it, you know. The, but, but I mean, hey, that's just light. I mean, I could, I could get out of the ministry part. I mean, I can think of things that have happened to me in my life that, that where things just were done, it weren't right. The truth wasn't told, and, uh, you know, I mean, but, I, you know, you just, you just have to forgive people because God commands us to forgive people. And when these little things come to your mind instead of saying, I mean, maybe the devil brings them to our mind. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm kind of, if, if he's bringing this stuff to my mind, he's really doing me a favor because it, it's, it's a great little red flag for me to say, hey, you need to do a little spiritual checkup. Well, how, have you have you really forgiven? I mean, is it? You may not have reconciled, but you can always forgive. Before I end, let me ask you: Would it be would it be okay if I suggested to you today that there might be some here in the room that probably need to forgive some folks somewhere? Could I have an amen to that? Yeah, I want to encourage you. You you you're you're to do that. Just you know. You'll be the loser if you don't, Uh, and you'll be the blessed if you do, and God will help you do it. And Father God, I would hate to think I'm going through 2017. I mean, even people that have done a bunch of stuff and said things, and you know, God, life is so brief. Life is so short, really. Uh, And this one area, God is talking about, you know the Psalms teach us how to get along with God, and Proverbs how to get along with people God, the biggest challenge life's getting along with people, and we just admit that to you, and I'm sure we're challenged to others, each of us, but God may we not in our hearts harbor unforgiveness toward anybody, no matter what they've done or what they said. I mean, whether it was all true, all deserved or none, it doesn't matter. God just Help us search our hearts, and when we see people that have done things and said things that would cause us to not forgive them, let us see those people in those times as a little test to see how we're really doing spiritually is my prayer in Jesus' name, amen.